0: cliffcentral.com. This is African Analysis with JJ Cornish, which is brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. We take a look at what's going on on the African continent. I always feel when I look at the news, even in this country, you see huge headlines about countries that are so far away that it takes you up to half a day to get there. But all the countries on our own continent, we hear less and less about. And it seems there are only a few people who really have a grip on what's going on, because you have to have a network of people you can talk to. You have to have been to those countries very often yourself to speak authoritatively on them. And one of the people that, uh, that we rely on is JJ Cornish. JJ, it's nice to see you again. There's always lots to talk about. Where do you want to start for African analysis this week?
1: I have a most interesting little story about little countries. Two of them, Somaliland and Taiwan, countries that nobody wants to be friends with, so they're friends with each other. Now, Somaliland, when you take yeah. the Horn of Africa as the seven, as it were, the top of that seven is Somaliland, three and a half million people. It was a British protectorate from 1888. Somalia, of course, was an Italian protectorate. So when they got independence, 1960, they joined up. There was a hope of a, a greater Somalia, and that was uh, uh, um, involving parts of Kenya and so on. It never worked. And when Siad Barre, who was a real bad dude, uh, took over, he actually attacked Hargesa, the capital of Somaliland, and left it not one stone standing on another, literally. And they broke away. And uh, having broken away then in 1991, I believe it was, they—that they, nobody has recognized it. None of them. Ethiopia, its neighbor, keeps saying, yes, we will. South Africa, at points, has said, well, we'll be one of the first to do it, but uh, not the first. Anyway, here we have Somalia, friends with Taiwan. In Hargeisa, the capital, uh, the Taiwanese flag flutters over the embassy there. And the two countries have now tied the diplomatic knot, as it were. And this is very interesting. And why is it interesting? Because uh, Eswatini is the only other country that uh, has relations, diplomatic relations with Taiwan. We, of course, broke them, uh, after, uh, uh, uh arriving at democracy, although it, it took some time to do that. So here we have it. But the point is China is saying, whoa, they're not at all happy about it. And why is China not happy? Because neighboring punt, uh, um, uh, the neighboring state to, to, uh, Somaliland, Djibouti. Mm-hmm. We spoke about Djibouti and elections there just the other day. Uh, is the only place on the planet, outside of China, that China has a, a, a military base on. So it's it's very interesting. Wow. Somaliland but, but, has this area called Barbara, and it was it has an enormously long runway, because the yeah. Americans came in there and put in a runway for the uh, shuttles to land on. It's, wow. It it is of enormous strategic importance, and so JJ, it's a it's a great story. JJ.
0: You said a word now that that made me think of my studies in ancient Egypt that I did back in university. You used the word "punt." Now, the the, the ancient Egyptians used to refer to a, a place right up at the top of the Nile and off towards the coast as being "punt," the land of "punt." Is that still a term that is used in that part of the world? Well, there is "puntland" and there's Jeza land. Punt Puntland is part of uh, Somalia. Part of
1: it, it's it's right next to Somali land, and it's uh, it's self-governing etc and it's Puntland that is holding up the political or or causing the political impasse in Somalia itself where uh, the uh, president has uh, been given two more years in power and the parliament has voted for it but the upper house has voted against it Uh, Mm -hmm. so Puntland is a very interesting place they have elections separate to those in Somalia Somalia of course with broiling in its own problems can't really yeah. manage. Uh, you know, that it, it obviously, it still ha- lays claim to Somaliland. It can't really manage doing anything. So Somalia is not happy about the ties with Taiwan, but can't really do anything about it. But it's a very interesting thing to watch, uh, that Taiwan should step in uh, uh, to the breach in this way, take advantage of it. But interestingly, that Somaliland, which is a, a, a so interesting a country... I'm hoping to talk to you in detail about Somaliland, maybe on our next crossing late in in a couple of weeks time uh, and, and talk to you about exactly what they're up to, because I've been there many times to observe elections and so on. But it's a very interesting story to keep watching.
0: Well, okay. I mean, there's so much about that Horn of Africa and the things that happen there. And especially with that Suez crisis, which we discussed a little while ago, you know, there's a huge shipping uh, lane that goes right past there. Of course, you've got the pirates as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing that part of the world in more detail, but it's interesting that we now have uh, friends, these two little countries that have made friends, <laughs> Somaliland and Taiwan, both of whom are surrounded by people who really don't like them in their own spheres and internationally. So let's talk why don't about, they, why
1: don't African countries yeah. Ethiopia the neighbor why is it in South Africa why don't they recognize Somaliland which has, is a genuine democracy? They don't seem to have the political courage to do it, you know?
0: Well, it's the same reason I suppose that so many countries that are afraid of China won't uh, won't side with Taiwan. Uh, you know, there could be bigger global issues at at play here. What is the situation that's going on in the Eastern DRC, because really, you know, we did an episode of Blind History, which is the series that we we do on cliffcentral.com. And we, we focused on Leopold II of Belgium and what a disastrous, maniacal, awful, uh, genocidal maniac that guy was. Um, and, and really, the DRC's never recovered, Jean-Jacques. But in the Eastern DRC, there continue to be these stories about clashes and people dying. And, you know, we've got a UN peacekeeping force there. But what's really going on?
1: You know, I'm so interested you say that about, and you did that about the DRC, because I've read yeah, King Leopold's Ghost, uh, and, mm. and, and books like that, which indi- show you, you know, we, we say this in speaking, uh, how long are you going to blame apartheid for the ills of South Africa? How long are yeah. you going to blame colonialism for the ills in Africa? Well, when you see what King Leopold did, you can understand that to this day in 2022 or 21, The Congo is still suffering. And the east of the Congo, how that remains a single country, I don't know. I know that area, the eastern Congo, well, because I've been there as an election observer. I've been to Goma several Mm. times. I think we're borders with Rwanda and borders with Uganda. I think I told you I took a run one morning and a soldier stopped me and said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm taking a run. And he said, where to? And I said, well, from my hotel in, in Goma. He said, well you're actually in Rwanda right now, you know. Oh my god. And I thought oh my god, here we go. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. Paul Kagame's prisoner and he said, "Look, turn around. Pretend I didn't see you. Just go back." But you run you run 500 meters into Rwanda. Anyway, i what, East, is, what yes. is
0: the what is the reason for what is the reason for the instability you said just now you don't even know how it remains one country. Why is the eastern DRC so much more troublesome than the west?
1: Well, because it it is in a, a very Volatile area of, uh, of Africa, next to Burundi, next to Rwanda, next to Uganda, very very volatile, and uh, the whole area of course it's uh, mineral rich so the whole you know when you, when you go from Kinshasa to Goma, you literally go through customs, uh, uh, no doubt about it and and they have the, you know the tribal makeup is very different this is we have uh, uh, two of the tribes, the Nande and the Kunu having at each other in this regard. And what started the ethnic clashes was pro- protests against Monusco, which has about 15,000 troops there. Monusco, the UN peacekeeping force. And there mm-hmm. were two moto taxi drivers that were killed. So there were huge protests about that. And then these, in the midst of this protesting, the two tribes had at each other. And you're getting this all the time there. Uh, you, uh, it, it, it's, it's an absolute miasma, an absolute... Uh, a, a hotbed of, of revolution. Uh, and, and of course, you know, when you had, uh, the, uh, genocide, uh, where did, where did the, uh, uh, rebels, the, and, and after the genocide, where did the, uh, Hutus and the Tutsi rebels that were responsible for it, where did they flee mm-hmm. to? But to the DRC. So, and, and the DRC, the Eastern DRC is the area which, of course, had the, had the, uh, um, Ebola and uh, so it's a, it's 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 an absolute nightmare area. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful area too. You know they literally mine methane gas off the bottom yes. of Lake Kivu, which is w- w- near near Goma, and as fishing boats come go out at night and never return, and when they come back they find the crew all dead because this methane had suddenly bubbled up from the bottom. And killed the whole crew of the boat. I mean, it's it's something, but it looks like sort of it's chocolate box beautiful, but it is scary beyond the telling of it.
0: JJ, that's another country you have to put on the agenda for a future episode. But um, there, there is an interesting and curious tale. You know, if if a major social media company comes to Africa, they almost invariably choose their headquarters either in South Africa, or sometimes in Nigeria, and occasionally in. Egypt, but very few other countries get the nod. Believe Twitter has well, chosen own Kenya. An, oh, Kenya as well, yes, quite right. Yes. I suppose twitter uh, is is a is an exception. It's chosen somewhere curious to put its headquarters.
1: well Jack Dorsey has said Ghana is the place now there's an interesting thing about Ghana. If you ever speak to sort of people who've traveled around Africa and you say Africans, they'll always tell you that Ghanaians are the nicest Africans you'll ever meet interesting that, and I've been to Ghana, and I find them, well, I don't know if I, one thing I would find about Ghanaians is they're rather clumsy people, but they are very, very nice people, and I've worked with some at the United Nations, and so on, so, they, they, and they've got a good record in fighting apartheid and so on, but mm. why Ghana? Why did Twitter decide to go to Ghana? And that certainly has left Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa with a bloody nose, or with bloody noses. Yes. They've done it because the African free trade area, you know, the continental free trade area that was agreed upon, the secretariat of that is mm-hmm. in Ghana. So Dorsey uh-huh. thought, OK, that's the right place to have Twitter's headquarters. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's very interesting. Nana Akufo-Ado used that uh, line from uh, Casablanca, you know, and he said, well, this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> and, and, and it could be. I mean, a great news for Ghana. And we'll see what they will do with it. But it is a country. Ghana is fantastic in the sense, Gareth, that it's it's one of the few African countries where you've had an actual change of government. One party beating another party at an election and a a president from the one party taking over from the president of another party. Not just the shift within the party, that sort of thing. So it is a a genuine bastion of democracy. And uh, I, I think it's fantastic news for Ghana. And I really hope they can make a real go of it that other international, you know, uh, uh, groups will look at Africa more seriously and decide, OK, we've got to make a go of it here.
0: Well, as always, we're jam-packed on African analysis. And, JJ, it's a great pleasure to hear your your insights into these various places and these stories. And we will catch up on Somaliland very, very soon. Thank you.
1: Looking forward to it. All the best.